Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. I hope I'm not a problem. Man, why do you always come and kill the vibe with those things? I just feel like maybe you can solve them. Can you solve them? I just Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Put the Stress Down podcast. I am your host, Mookstar One, and as always, it is a pleasure to be here with you all today. We are off and running with an all-new season, and we hope you have enjoyed the conversations and stories that we've shared thus far. We are right on the edge of surpassing 10,000 streams, and that is absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, not in one ounce of this would be possible without all of you who continue to tune in, who continue to support, share the podcast in any way you can. And we just want to give all the thanks you deserve because we just couldn't do it without you. I mean, it's impossible. It's mind-blowing. 10,000 is not uh, not a number I could have ever imagined, but here we are knocking on the door. So we just want to say thank you. We will continue to reach out and book as many guests as we possibly can. And, and we also, of course, want to thank all of the guests who have come on the show and have been so willing to share very intimate parts of their lives and things that they've gone through in the hopes that it would help someone else, that it would resonate that it would make you feel better and let you know that you're not alone. So thank you to everybody that has taken the time to sit with us and have these open and honest conversations. It's been extremely helpful to so many people. The messages and the thank yous continue to pour in, and it is extremely reassuring and just letting us know that we're doing the right thing. You know, we're doing the right thing, and so it makes me feel good. And if you're not already, please go ahead and throw us a follow on Instagram at Put the Stress Down Podcast and on Twitter at PTSD Pod so we can continue to grow our reach. We're also newly on TikTok, so you can find us there at EF Califas. That's E F C A L I F A S. So, with that being said, let's start the show. Traffic fucking blue, and now you're finally home for the night. Time to unwind, pack a bowl, roll a joint, fire up the dab rig, or whatever your preference may be. Now all of the worries of the day have just melted away, and it's time to chill and just enjoy the good vibes. But what do you do when this isn't the case? What do you do when it's not at the end of the day? What do you do when it's the start of the day? When it's all throughout the day? When it's in that shitty traffic? When it's at that long day of work? 
when getting home and firing it up is no longer a treat or a privilege, but a necessity. When sleep will inevitably escape you if you don't medicate. We're going to talk about that today. But let's go backwards a bit. As many of our loyal listeners to the show know, I am a combat vet. And I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2011 after a horrendous bout with alcoholism. I put myself into rehab and it was there that I finally discovered what was going on with me. I was diagnosed by the resident doctor and it was then that I began to work on the road to recovery. It was there amongst legit drug addicts legit alcoholics that my sense began to come back to me. In one corner of the room, I had a guy constantly having heroin brought to him on base because this was a military rehab. In another, I had two guys tattooing themselves with the word rehab, with the needle and pen ink, to the point of infection, because they obviously didn't know what they were doing. And it was in that wild and awful place, that terrible setting, that I decided never again. Never again will I be a slave to that bottle that was not only killing me, but killing my quality of life. I focused, I worked, and I spent three months working on fixing the problem that got me there. I was finally clean, and I was finally able to make some progress. Upon being diagnosed, however, I was prescribed a mixed cocktail of pills. Pills for the morning, pills for midday, and pills to go to bed. Now the problem was that despite the different times these pills were to be used, they each had equally tiring and exhausting results on my body, and staying awake became one of my biggest chores. I mean, huge. It was impossible. I was finally free from alcohol, but was rapidly replacing that with prescribed medication. I can openly admit that while the meds were kind of helping me not feel any of the things I was feeling before, it also took the liberty of completely wiping out any other feelings I may have, whether good or bad. I was a walking zombie. I entered a PTSD intensive outpatient program for eight weeks where I was in a small group of other vets, about eight of us, and we would have classes throughout the day and we would also do activities. You know, they would take us out to, to kind of reintroduce us back to the population, which I really loved and appreciated. It, it was, you know, some of the best therapy for us. But depending on the day, you could find one or more of us 
fast asleep during one of our classes. We were exposed, like I said, to multiple different therapy methods, including horse therapy, where we would go and tend to the horses and brush the horses and just bond with them and spend time with them. They were a very calming animal, amazing people out there that, that really did help us out so much. Uh, we also went to a surf clinic where they would take us to the beach and, and they would expose us to large groups of people, you know, in an effort to kind of reintroduce us back into society and to let us know, you know, these things are okay. And we valued these things immensely. These things, these people that, that ran these things for us were volunteers that wanted nothing but to help us get better, and I'll never forget them for that. It was amazing. However, on the way to those places, it quite often looked like a van full of dead bodies. Some of us slept in the seats. It was a nice big van, nice little kind of minibus that we had. And others would just be sprawled out in the back, on the floor, in a heap. Not just asleep, not just resting, but unconscious. Because the doctors we went to for help drugged us. So you may be asking yourself, why did you just play that? And you may have missed some of it. So I wanted to go ahead and break it down for you in case you couldn't understand. Here are the lyrics. Highs and lows are how I flow. My favorite mirror's there. I want to look at what I think I know, but all I do is stare too long. I defy the proper dose because I'm alone and I don't care. And though that grass is greener, it just don't even compare at all. All this time, I want to give you back. I feel opaque and absentee. Am I just going through the motions? Or is this how I'll be? Barely focused anymore. The haze is all that I can see. Red bottle. White cap. And if you haven't put two and two together, he's describing the pill bottles. The receptacles that hold these things that are supposedly meant to make us feel better. That didn't. 
and listening to that really does push me to the edge of tears because I go back to that time when I was a goner, when my relationships suffered, when I didn't know how to love and how badly I wish I could have that time back. Let's continue. Again, you know, I understand this this type of music is not everyone's cup of tea. might not be the easiest to understand. So we'll break it down. Verse 2 goes, Slime in my stomach, slowly turning, staring at the grout and the tile. Dry is my heave and my head is burning. Think I'll be in here a while. I'm gone. And my cousin's age is turning, growing into a man from a child. I want to watch him play. Want to see him score. Want to be around. Because I need to make him smile some more. All this time, I want to give you back. I feel opaque and absentee. Am I just going through the motions? Or is this how I'll be? Barely focused anymore. The haze is all that I can see. Red bottle. White cap. And to anyone who has ever felt the nauseating effects of these drugs, you know exactly what he's talking about. I know exactly what he's talking about. Because I've been in that bathroom. Lost, staring into that tile as the effects began to overtake my brain. The heat in my face, the dizzy spells, dry heaving green stomach bile into the toilet, the physical sickness that this cure is causing is not for me he talks about his little cousin turning older and how he wants to stick around to be there to watch him grow and laugh and live his life and it's no different for my children I feel that man I feel that deep to my core because I almost wasn't here I almost didn't get those opportunities to watch them play and score and make them smile. 
there's so much in this world I can't protect them from. Shitty people, heartbreak, financial struggles. I mean, these are things they are going to have to deal with. But I can play an active role in how long I'm here for them. That's one thing I can control. Am I guaranteed to live forever? No. But are there steps that I can take to be here longer? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I plan on making it as long as possible. I want to go further in, play another one for you that, again, at first listen, may just sound like another song that you wouldn't pay much mind to. But it has had a major impact on, on myself and why I, I chose to give up the things that I have. So it starts, leaning on a bad knee, don't really want to be with anyone. Can you hear in my key? How can you not see? It's not always fun. Wait and score, speed back, lock the door, and just pour. I'm getting numb. Not enough. Give me more soda, soaking through the floor. My appropriate opiate has me out of it. I can't believe you're still upset. Get over it and leave me alone. And I know that. I know that life all too well. To run to that store as fast as you can. Grab what you need. Whatever it may be. Come home. Pour it up. It's a party. It's a party. We're all partying. Until we're not. Until it became a problem. Let's go on.
we continue. Glue me into my seat, spill onto my feet, and let it run. Because I'm all that you need, the hunger I feed, my loaded gun. Always sore in my back from the spine that I lack to really be done. That's enough. No more. I'm barely breathing anymore. Ask me, how did I let this get worse? Drove through the mud for my verse. Tell me, how many wounds can you nurse? Dive into nothing at first. My appropriate opiate has me out of it. I can't believe you're still upset. Get over it and leave me alone. And here's the part that, that really resonated with me. It's holding on, but barely by the edge. You always ask me where I go. I'm high now. I'll hide it from you and her, my closest friends, and everyone. I know what that's like. And I know it all too well. Another impactful line for me is always sore in my back from the spine that I lack to really be done. How many times have you tried or said to yourself, you know what, I'm going to take a little break. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to clean out for a little bit. And then three weeks later, you're having that same conversation with yourself. And you slowly begin to realize you're not in control. It's terrifying. It's an ugly feeling to be told, take these. And when you come back and say, Doc, I'm feeling worse, they say, take more. Just keep increasing until you feel better. But we were never going to feel better. We were never going to feel worse. We were never, ever going to feel anything and listen this is absolutely not an attack on those things as a whole okay if those meds are prescribed to you and they truly help you then by all means take them i hope they really do help you but i knew then just like i know now that they were not helping me And so we go back to the beginning of the episode where weed came back into the picture. You know, there's a zero tolerance policy in the Marine Corps, so naturally that wasn't an option for me. But the second that I got out, it was the first thing I looked for. 
because I knew it had benefits. And I knew at that point it couldn't possibly do any more harm than had already been done. And so I used it. And I used it. And I used it. And I used it. And one nightly rip before bed inevitably turned into two, which then turned into three, and then went from a bedtime ritual to a morning ritual. And before I knew it, it was just a part of my daily routine. Too much a part of my daily routine. And as bad as I wanted to deny it, as much as I would love to lie to myself, I knew that I had simply put down one thing and picked up another. So at the end of last month, I quit. Now, the major differences between the two, or the major difference, I should say, is that marijuana absolutely was vital to my recovery. I can honestly say that it did a world of good for so many things I couldn't figure out. I did a guest spot recently on the Slip the Jab podcast with Lino P, and I explained it to him like this. There's so many things and worries and, and, and fears and doubts and all of it going on in your head. And, it, and I equate it to a fuzzy television where there's just snow and just that noise. And you know what it is when the channel goes out. And when you grab an antenna and you hook that bad boy up, all of a sudden the picture becomes clear. That's how it was for me. After smoking, it was like an antenna that had suddenly helped me clear things up. And as a young man, it was very different. You know, I would smoke with my friends or whatever just to get high. There wasn't a ton of thought to it. We just wanted to get faded for kicks. Whereas now, it didn't have that effect on me. And anyone that knows me on a personal level that spends time with me knows that I've never, ever been that pothead stoner dude who just looks cooked all the time and whoa dude you know that stereotype that's not me because it didn't do that to me because the things going on in my head were moving a million miles an hour compared to your hundred so where someone could eat half an edible and be super stoned I could eat two full ones and drive across town, run errands all day, and not really feel a thing. It was purely maintenance. Yes, it helped me discover feelings I had thought I lost. Yes, it helped me be more open and communicative helped me to deal with large crowds and in public places, all of that, all of that. I will be forever grateful for that. 
But the most important thing for me was to learn from all of that. To use it as a tool to get better and not a lifetime partner. When you break a leg and you use crutches, are they meant to be used forever? Or until you get better and you can walk again? When you learn to ride a bike, do you keep those training wheels on forever? Or do you take them off when you get better? And again, I'm all for it. This isn't an anti-weed propaganda episode in any way, shape, or form. If it works for you, if your days are spent high as shit from sunup to sundown, and that's your jam, by all means, handle that. I am not here to try and stop you. I am simply letting you know how it got for me and why I put it down. Again, was it ever a detriment to me? No. Did I put a financial strain on my family? Never. I would never have allowed that. Did my work suffer? Not at all. I got multiple promotions and never skipped a beat in my career. Extended family apparel, put the stress down podcast. All done, all accomplished while using weed. But I knew that I was at a point where I was beginning to feel like I needed it to do these things. I was relying on it too much to do all the things I'm doing now just as good, if not better, without it. I was a slave to the bottle. I was a slave to those pills. And I'll be damned if I'm going to be a slave to a plant. So I called it quits. Because I knew. I knew. It was time. Nobody else, no one ever told me anything. It never caused issues to where someone would have had to. Most people probably didn't even know. But I did. I knew that I had went from using to abusing. And I knew it was time. And I knew that all of these things could be accomplished on my own. I always want to be in control of my own mind and body. And now I am. I want to know that all of my thoughts, all of my emotions, every single word that comes out of my mouth and every action I take, whether good or bad, is one thousand percent organic and I can take full ownership for everything I do 
And there's power in that. Again, I'm not here to stop you. I'm not here to tell anyone else what to do. But I do encourage you to take a step back. Look at your situation and decide whether or not you have a problem that needs to be solved. And I know I'm not alone here. Take a quick listen to an interesting couple of words that rapper J. Cole had to say about quitting. Well, not necessarily quitting, but looking at his drinking. Putting myself in situations where it's like, let's say drinking, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just stop drinking. It's not that I won't drink. Like, if it's your birthday, we and I'm toast. with you, yeah. Cole, have a drink. I'll do it. It's not like, no, I just don't drink. But I noticed I was in a point in my life where it was like, I felt like I had to. Like, whenever I was going out, it was just natural. Oh, let me get a drink. Mm-hmm. Let me get a drink. We on tour every day. Let's get a drink. Mm-hmm. Which seemed inconsequential to me, right? Um, but then I started to notice around the time I was like, yo, what, what am I doing? This? Like, why am I doing this? And then tracing back all the things the in my life. that mm-hmm. Where did it start? Where my childhood? Where did it come from? And I was like, let me stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was my man's birthday. This was 2015. And um, I was like, I'm going to just try tonight. I'm going to go out. I'm not going to drink. And this is, like, unheard of. You know, in my life, it's like, yo. What's wrong with you? Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Yeah, I would never even would have thought the day would have came where I would have stopped, stopped drinking. Because to me, it wasn't a big deal. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But this is when I noticed it was a big deal. Because when I tried to go out that night and, like, not drink, I could feel the pull in the tug. It wasn't like I was like, yo, I ain't drinking no more. And it was like, cool. oh, easy. Yeah. No problem. No. I felt the pull and the tug for mad long, like putting myself in these situations. And when I noticed that pull and that tug, that like, that my body, my mind was telling me like, yo. And then I was like, man, I want everybody to have a drink. That's what let me know like, oh, Mm. like something's there, right? So I say all of that to say, I kept putting myself in situations or finding myself in situations where like I would want to drink. And there you go. He says, you know, while he didn't quit completely, he did recognize that without even knowing it, he had gotten in deep and needed to face facts. A problem doesn't necessarily mean DUIs and empty pockets. The problem comes from within. And only you can identify it. You know, he's said himself, he's surrounded by friends and parties and it's party up or on tour. That's just what you do. Same with weed. So those of you that it's just done on the reg, that's all it is. It's not a big thing. It's not crazy because it's no big deal. That's just what we all do. Again, only you can identify the problem. And when you do, if you do, What will you do? Because we can all say, oh, yeah, I can quit any time. Get out of here. Cake. But what do you go through when you actually try and stop? 
when you've counted on whatever this thing is for so long to deal with issues, to go to sleep, to be more social, how do you know you can stop if you never have? For me, it was time. Can I say here and now, never again? I can't. But it's not something I need that much, I know. It was time. I wanted to quit. And I did. Thank you guys all so much for listening. I hope that you took something from this episode to anyone listening, you know regardless of what your situation is. I hope that this resonates with somebody out there. And I hope that you know that you don't need anything, okay? Again, I'm not telling you to to take your pills and throw them in the toilet. I'm not telling you that. I'm not. Do whatever you need to do. But if you get to a point where you know you can't do it anymore, where you don't need to do it anymore, I encourage you to be honest with yourself and to take the right steps to get your life back. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at Put the Stress Down Podcast at Extended Family Apparel. And to access all of our content, including past episodes, go to www.extendedfamilyapparel.com and click the podcast tab. While you're there, if you see something you like, listeners of the show can enjoy a discount with code PTSDPOD. Till next time, much love and respect. Thank you. See you next time. Summertime blues. Anything I do, it seems I just can't get through all these bad moods. Sands on my shoes. All the tidal waves can't shake my mind. feel what I'm supposed to this change is not real just on my own too much shit's on my head I really cannot get it